2: It's now the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It is Chris Harrington. Chris, what are you listening to? It's
3: uh, Back to Life. Some late 80s club music from soul to soul. Um, in honor of the Grizzlies who have returned to reality and to life, reconvening today at FedEx Forum. In honor of you, because I know you were tearing up the clubs in the late 80s.
2: That's 100% true. Um, so, I'll uh, get to the NBA in just a moment. A couple of things I want to ask you about first. One is, you and Jennifer Biggs, I uh, worked together on this piece. I meant to ask you about it yesterday on tamales, uh, and, uh, in, uh, around Memphis. I don't think I'd ever eaten tamale before I got to Memphis and, um, tell the people, not, 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 that many already know this. What's the difference between a, a Mexican tamale and a Delta tamale? What's the, what's the deal with tamales there? Two types. So the price, yeah, the, broad,
3: broadly speaking, there are two types, I, I You know, they there are multiple like sub varieties, but your general like traditional tamales, Mexican, Central American, South American tamales are, are appreciably different from your Delta slash Memphis tamales. The latter being a sort of um, sort of a cultural reinterpretation of the former. Um, and you get to the history of how that happened, but in terms of the food itself, um, the more traditional tamales are made with masa. And tend to have a thicker, a thicker sort of corn layer around the filling. Tend to be bigger and have thicker corn filling uh, around around the the filling, and bigger corn layer around the filling, and tend to be drier. Whereas Delta tamales are more sort of cornmeal based. They tend to be wetter, um, and they tend to have a more even sort of ratio of the of the the, the, the meat filling and the the corn exterior. Uh, uh-
2: how did these come to pass? They are sort of an extra, I mean, an example of how food is a reflection of cultures, right? Well, the, the
3: the the story, and maybe somewhat apocryphal, but I think generally,
2: generally, this is how
3: it worked: is you had Mexican migrants and you had um, black, native, um, you know, Southerners, um, both working in the fields together, and then you take a lunch break, right. and you know. Maybe one has like a hunk of cornbread or a hunk of whatever right. that that's cold. And the other unwraps this tamale that stayed warm because of how it's packed. Um, and, 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 you know, the, 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 the black Southerners, you know, like these tamales and try to make their own version of it. And it turns into something slightly different.
2: Is that the idea? That's one of the virtues of the tamale is that it, because how it's packed, it stays warm. Yeah, I think that's sort it's of correctly. the idea. Certainly
3: yeah. relative to like, yeah. you know, what the non-tamale eaters may have been eating. Did you, know?
2: you grow up eating tamales in Arkansas? No, not really. I didn't quite grow up in
3: the Delta, even the Delta side of Arkansas. I was just slightly out of there, like Helena. This is probably the town you most associate with the Delta on the Arkansas side. You can certainly get tamales there. Um, and so I mostly didn't. I can't remember at what point I became sort of cognizant of tamales. Maybe by the time I was in high school, but not like growing up, growing up.
2: All right. So um, there are these two types of tamales, both available in Memphis. I'll urge people to uh, just like, for example, uh, with the uh, Grizz Glossary yesterday, you got to print that out and enjoy it. And the Summer Avenue, eat the street thing that you and Jennifer did, people should have that uh, uh, to consult from time to time. On this one, on tamales, you should go ahead and print it out or save it or whatnot. So you have your. But give me three places in Memphis to get either ones that you wrote about now or previously Three places in Memphis to get a good tamale.
3: So Jennifer and I talked about this on our podcast, which I don't think has gone up yet. We talked about it yesterday. And we sort of arrived sort of at, I, I threw this out and she amended it a little bit. Her, her amendment, I think, was a good amendment. Um, that if you want to, like, just taste, uh, test drive the various kinds of tamales, a good way to do it is, I really, for, in terms of Mexican tamales in Memphis, I really like, Emilio's Grocery, which is on uh, Get Well, just south of the interstate loop. And it's a little like Mexican grocery. It's got a little restaurant in the corner and it's got a butcher shop and whatever. But their tamales are pre-packed in a little, little case, little heated case right inside the door by the register. And they're packed half a dozen, you know, to a package. You can get pork or you can get chicken or you can get the cheese and pepper. I like all three, probably the pork most there. You can just grab those out of the register and, and you know, take them to go.
2: Um, Did they run out? I think stuff. I went there once, and they were literally on your recommendation. I think, and maybe they were out. Is, that, is this a thing you have to get there? Like, is that your experience that you've ever oh, not boy. had them? No. Oh, I mean,
3: certainly, certainly. I mean, running out is something right. that happens. I don't. It's not like people okay. wind up every day and don't get there okay. at a certain time. Right. But you know, I mean, Emilio, you know, they're, they're Emilio's made-
2: grocery, and it's mostly which type? It's mostly the. It's the. Is it the. Is this a Delta tamale, or is this a Mexican tamale?
3: No, it's the name Emilio's Grocery might suggest. (laughs) It's a a Mexican tamale. That's what I thought. Um, Just
2: one to clarify. Yes.
3: So so I would grab some of those to-go as your Mexican tamale entry. Uh, Pops on Park Avenue in Orange Mound near Melrose High School. Um, Also, strictly a to-go operation. Um, That would be your Memphis tamale. And to the, to the degree there's a difference between a Memphis and a Delta. Lost Pizza, which is also which is right there on, on Poplar Avenue, sort of in the middle of the city near the library, yeah. um, has, has good like Mississippi Delta tamales. They, they bring oh. them up from Greenville. And so those are the, so all those th- three places are not close together, but they're kind of close together. It's not like one place is downtown and one is in Collierville or something. You could get to go tamales, like half a dozen of each from those three places, Take them home, and you can find out what kind of demolish
2: you like. like. Oh, that's good. And the podcast will be up presumably soon. People can uh, listen to it over at the Daily Memphian, and you can read the piece at the Daily Memphian now. Separately, before I get to the NBA, um, Richard Belzer died. uh, And I, I never have discussed... Do you watch any sort of detective police serial dramas? He, of course, was Detective Munch in uh in in a bunch of, honestly of a different a bunch of different shows he was in law and order before that he was in homicide um are you familiar we obviously familiar with the work of uh, Richard Belzer and mr do you watch any of these shows are these shows you consume like every other American I've seen countless episodes of of law and order <laughs> and all of its various varieties <laughs>
3: yeah right. so who among us has not watched lots of law and order I, I don't think I mean, I, I think okay, that, did that you watch is the Wire? universal at this yeah. stage.
2: Then there was The Wire, and there was Homicide, and once upon yeah. a time, there yeah, was Hill that's, Street that's, Blues, I mean, and there was all of these, yeah, you know?
3: That's, yeah, I mean, that's different. I mean, The Wire is a whole different world from something like Law & Order. Law, Law & Order is like something you have on, like, you know, while you're, you're playing right. on your laptop or folding clothes or whatever. Like, The Wire is, like, different. But, yeah, I've, I've watched tons of Law & Order, including Richard Belser and Law and & Order. Um, I love the wire, um, unrelated to Richard Belzer, but as long as we're on that, on the topic, I highly recommend, um, we own the city, which was is kind of, sort of a quasi sequel to the wire, None of the same characters, but all the same creators, um, which was on HBO last year, just based on a true story of a, of a corrupt um, police unit in Baltimore. I think is a really great series and maybe yeah. highly instructive to the current moment in Memphis. So I highly recommend that.
2: We own this city. Um, we own this city. Yeah. is what I call it. And where is it? It's on which? It, and,
3: it's, it's, and it's only like
2: six episodes.
3: Um, it's on HBO. Um, homicide, I never really watched. I mean, I saw a few episodes back when I was in high school, but I've never gone back to really watch that. And I, it certainly has a reputation of being very good.
2: Yeah. And it was, it's funny. Cause he got, I think the, <laughs> the, the, the character was created on homicide, which was more, like the wire than just a serialized, it pops up at three in the afternoon on a whatever, you know, like the law and order things are. Um, and but it's there was just a delightful, um, obit on him in the New York Times. He had a hell of a life. He started out as a comic, um, and used to warm up for uh Saturday Night Live. He would warm up the crowd for Saturday Night Live. Thought he was going to get hired by Saturday Night Live, never was, but he had a just a <laughs> Grew up in a very difficult situation and whatever else, but it's, it's this one paragraph I, I loved. In 1990, he found financial stability in a characteristically absurd and brutal fashion. Five years earlier, Hulk Hogan... Demonstrating a yeah, wrestling. I
3: I, rem- I remember when that
2: happened. I'll, I'll I didn't with- even watch that live. Five years earlier, Hulk Hogan demonstrating a wrestling move on Belzer on TV knocked out the comic and dropped him headfirst to the ground. An out-of-court settlement enabled Mr. Belzer and Ms. McBride, that's his girlfriend partner, to buy a home in France, which they variously called the Hulk Hogan Estate and Shea Hogan. <laughs> You watch this? You remember, like, this is sort of an Andy Kaufman thing, right? Yeah, I think it was around the same period. I think I may have seen that
3: live, whatever it was on, Um, because certainly that was pre-YouTube. It's not like I was watching it on YouTube after the fact, seeing the clip. I I think I just saw it it happen live because I was a big wrestling fan as a kid. And that was in that whole era of, like, you know, the media challenging whether wrestling was real and (laughs) the wrestlers not wanting to admit that it's fake and all this nonsense. So you had the Andy Kaufman thing that happened around that time. You had the Richard Belzer-Hogan thing. And you had the 2020 segment where John Stossel confronted this wrestler, David Schultz, like, after a match about, is wrestling really real? And David Schultz popped him in the ear and said, you know, does that feel, feel, feel real to you? And he lost part of his hearing or whatever. That was a moment was A, moment in a whole culture.
2: moment in history. And uh, anyway. All right. Onward to the NBA, uh, which we get cranking up here. Grizzlies play tomorrow. Nate McMillan was fired over the All-Star break. Uh, your thoughts. I mean, he's a guy who sort of
3: seemed like he's been on a little bit of a hot seat for a long time, and then they just had a change in management, not in ownership necessarily, but in management. And so it's not surprising that they would make the coaching change. Maybe it's somewhat surprising that they did it now instead of waiting until the summer. Um, You know, the timing of it, you know, is somewhat odd considering where they were in the middle of a playoff race, so maybe they're hoping to get a boost, you know, out of the coaching change for now and then figure it out this summer. I don't know. But it's not surprising to see see him go.
2: Uh, it also doesn't feel like the issues with the Atlanta Hawks are coaching, particularly coaching related. I mean, they're 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 best player related, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I think, think you know,
3: yes, I, I I think the issues are a lot bigger. I mean, this they're 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 a decent team, so it's not like you know right. they're the Charlotte Hornets or something. No. But it is my belief, and it has been my belief, really, like since he was in college, almost. That I just think Trey Young caps what you can be. I, I don't, you know. I i did a thing in my mailbag a couple of weeks ago. Someone asked me to redraft, you know, that draft, the top five of that draft. And I had I had jaron Jackson Jr. and Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton in my top five. I did not have Trey Young. And on some level, that would seem silly to people because Trey Young averages twenty-eight and nine, and it's like a star. But I think he's the kind of quote-unquote star where if you have him on your team, you're destined to be mediocre because I don't think he can scale up. He demands a certain level, and to have that player at that level like limits what you can be in a way that I don't think that Jaron Jackson or McEl Bridges or Johnny Raiden limits what you can be.
2: Do you think, by the way, I ask this only like, uh, do you think John Morant as your best player limits what you can be defensively and three-point shooting and all of that?
3: It- Maybe, but it limits it at a higher level than Trey Young does. (laughs) You know, you know, does does it limit it relative to Kevin Durant as your best player, or relative, you know, to or LeBron James? Yes, but I think even if there's a ceiling that is below win a title, and that remains to be seen, I think that ceiling is higher than a Trey Young ceiling.
2: Uh, I still remember that people the the Atlanta is also sort of what can happen when. Well, how many years was it ago that they? Uh, quote, quote, unquote, went for it and spent all that money on free agency. Um, and and then they had the nice playoff run after that. And people were pointing at the Grizzlies saying you should go for it. And going for it is great if you do the right thing. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you go for it in the right ways, um, but less fruitful uh, when you don't. Uh, people always love going for it. Um, Alright, is there uh, let's just think here. What else? I guess free agents you know, the the buyout market, anything there intrigue you?
3: Not a whole lot. I, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised. There hasn't been more um, people, at least if there has, I haven't seen it. People people like agitated about the Grizzlies wanting the Grizzlies to sign Will Barton, who got right. bought out by, by the Wizards. Yeah. Um You know, I mean, the Westbrook thing, there's a lot super interesting there. The Westbrook to the the Clippers, which we talked about yesterday, is easily the most interesting thing on the buyout market. Whether it's impactful or not, I don't know. History history suggests that buyout market stuff doesn't move the needle much.
2: Kevin Love to Miami, right? Did he go to end up by Miami? Yeah, Yeah.
3: that could could be good for them because that team does not have a lot of depth. I think that could be good for them. I just don't think that team is good enough, period, anyway. So I don't know if it's going to matter that much.
2: Of the teams, as we get to crank up, outside of the Grizzlies, are there teams you root for in this, like, that, that of the good teams, like are you, a, you have a soft spot in your heart for the Cavaliers, for example, or, like, are there teams you like in this group that you'll be pulling for?
3: Yeah, the Cavs are one of them. I, I, I Cavs definitely... Yeah, they already won, so it's harder to get behind them. But I like Milwaukee. Um, you know that franchise has been sort of in my orbit since you know the '80s with Sidney Moncrief, right. the greatest Razorback at that point was was the star there. Um, obviously, I have connections in Minnesota and with the Wolves, and now that they have Paul Anderson and Mike Conley, that, you know <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's pretty fun. irresistible. Yeah, right, right. So those would be the first teams that come to mind for me.
2: Would you rather the Grizzlies first round?
3: Oh, I like I like Joel Embiid a lot. So Philly, 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 too.
2: Would you yeah. rather the Grizzlies get Golden State or Minnesota first round? I'm giving you the choice. Um,
3: you know, there, you know, I, I divergent feelings for different reasons, but I think ultimately I'd probably go Minnesota on that one.
2: Yeah, just because their chances of winning are better, right? I mean, that's fundamentally, right? Is that not? Is I guess yeah.
3: and – there's that. There's there's I there's more likely that I might go to some of those games, right. you know, and see family and see friends and stuff. Yeah.
2: So, uh, and then finally, there's a mock draft out for next year's mock draft. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni has done a mock draft, and he has Bronny going in the top ten. And one of the interesting things about Bronny is, if you draft Bronny, you might get LeBron, and you might get LeBron at a low number, and it like. Would that? Would you be happy to shape your franchise around drafting Bronny and getting LeBron?
3: I don't know. To me, it's 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 somewhat akin. It's to the whole Durant question a little bit. I mean, I I think Durant is a better player right now and has more <laughs> runway left and guarantees you more. It, but there's just something about to me like taking a shot over a few years with the team that you built instead of like handing that team you built over to someone else at the end of their career. So, you know, you look back, you look back in 5 years and like you stalled out and you 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 never even got to a conference finals or whatever, you would look back and say, "Wow, I wish we had LeBron that one year." But I don't know. I'd li- I I I don't really like the idea of just like turning All the right. whole franchise over to some, you know, player parachuting in.
2: I heard someone talking about this the other day. The nice thing is is that it's not easy to find teams that have won titles in that sort of mercenary fashion, just throwing together. If and the one team that might qualify is the Bubble Lakers, right? They won LeBron, et cetera. But and maybe Miami, but they kind of had to work. You know, they they a they already had, uh, uh, you know, they already had one of their three best players there, so it wasn't totally uh, uh, spliced together. Um, well, then they'd been to the finals with with Wade. And they'd been to the finals with Wade. Toronto, the guts of that team were pre-Kawhi, you know, so I respect Toronto for what they did. Uh, obviously, Golden State, the guts of that team, existed before they got Kevin Durant. They won a title without Kevin Durant. So it actually does seem to work out that the there has to be a certain level of organic building to win a championship. Milwaukee's another perfect example,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... I, but I think at this stage, given the age of your guys, right. it would not be that. It would be a different – especially the magnitude of those players plus the age of your guys. It would not feel like adding Kawhi to whatever. It would feel like – to me it would feel like just turning right. your franchise over You know, for, for – one of these
4: guys.
2: Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you in tomorrow. Thanks. Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian. Why? Why? If you Why? have
1: T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5